We want to hear from you right now. Text us at 918-262-5072. That's unfair to have Bryce do the blitz breakdown before I have to jump on here because now I feel like I have to match Bryce in his lower tones. Like I've got to reach down deep to go even more baritone to try to match Bryce, (laughs) who's back in the studio doing the breakdowns, doing a great job. Coming to you live today from the River Spirit Casino Resort inside the Scoreboard Sports Bar, where we are every single Thursday here on the Blitz. This is Tulsa's entertainment destination tonight. Train is in the house. Tomorrow, Extreme Fight Night 383. Um, We're officially one month away from Belle Biv DeVoe right here at the Cove, where Matt, a long time ago, I learned one thing from Belle Biv DeVoe. You never trust a big button to smile. But Bell Biv DeVoe will be here on Thursday, November 10th. Let's hit up that Oklahoma Ford Dealers hotline and welcome in the head basketball coach at Oklahoma State. His name is Mike Boyden, joining us now here on the Blitz 1170. Coach, what's going on, man? How are you? Well, I'm, ex- I'm really excited now. You said Bell Biv DeVoe's coming to Tulsa? Ricky Bell, Michael Bivens, and Ronnie oh, DeVoe man. will be here. I need, that, I need to get over the east of the state, east of the state. Now, Coach, it, it, this, this, is, this will be while the season's going on, so maybe you can carve out a little bit of time on Thursday, hey, November hey, 10th. I've got but. a great staff. I've got a great staff. But <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about a kid born in 1982. That's a problem I'm growing up right there. Hey, man, I was born in 81, so I'm right there with you, man. Right right there. Like we, I, If we want to work this out, you just let me know, and I'll make sure that you're front row and center. We can get that taken care of for sure. Uh, okay, and, no, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Um, I, I, this time of the year is is fantastic. So I have to ask you in terms of – the limited amount of hours that you have up until when full practice time starts, you go from what, like 8 to 20 on this. And when you shift from the 8 to 20, because it's so much, it's so limited the amount of time that you have, like what are you really focusing on in the first week, two weeks, three weeks of, of camp here? Are you looking at the way they absorb and take in what you're trying to teach them? Like how does that process work for you and how do you break it down? Well, first, it's it's the time where coaches get more excited and the players get less excited. <laughs> Eight That's hours true. Of practice each one. But uh, now we focus on a lot. To be honest, I mean, especially in nowadays where where it's, um, you, you have so much new new people coming into your program each year. They're not always freshmen. Maybe there's a guy like Caleb Asbury who's transferred here from Texas State, but only has one year of eligibility left. And so you're trying to get him used to his teammates, used to your system, the terminology, you know, how are you going to feed it, how he's going to fit into your defensive and offensive schemes. You're trying to figure out which groups of guys work well together, you know, which type of offense. Uh, are you going to be more inside focused? Or are you going to be more of a three-point shooting team? You know, do you have athleticism? You know, and so you can see some of it in your workouts, but it's not until you really can get in there for two and a half or three hours consistently where you can really see what, what, what works and what doesn't. Okay, so the situation that you brought up, uh, it's kind of a unique time across all of collegiate sports, in my opinion, with, with what you just brought up. We've talked a lot about it in football, um, and now here it is in basketball. You bring someone in from a new program that does have experience but only has one year of eligibility left. Does it feel like that you, uh, almost in a way, like you're, you're, under the, you're under the gun, you've got the stopwatch that's going now, does it feel like you have to speed things up faster because of more guys like that coming in? Uh, to a certain degree, yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the race to stay older, right, is really what a lot of coaches are trying to do is, 
you know, while we all want to recruit high-level young high school talent and build around them, if you look across the landscape of college basketball in the last decade, the teams who won, especially late in the year, conference championship, NCAA tournament runs have been teams that have been really experienced. And you got to try to, you know, speed date during the recruiting process, figure out if it's a fit, and then really, really get to the nuts and bolts of who you want them to be in your program pretty quickly. So thankfully for us, we've got three new guys, only one freshman. Two of them are transfers from other schools who have had a lot of success uh, and certainly have made a smooth transition at this point uh, in our system in the first couple of months here. So what have you learned, and it may be too early to ask this, what have you learned about your guys so far here through the first couple of weeks of practice? Well, first and foremost, we have really, really good kids. And I don't say that to mean we don't have really good talent because we also have really good talent. Uh, but coaching really good talent with, with bad character makes it really diff- difficult. Um, we've struck a nice balance in having really high-character kids who want to work hard, who want to be coached, who have a unified desire to see how good our Oklahoma State basketball team can become as their number one goal. Uh, and then, obviously, everybody's got individual desires. We have guys who want to become NBA players. We have guys who, who, who want to be all-conference, all-Americans. But what they bought into is all of that flowing from our team having success. And, and you can only do that if you got, you know, really good kids who, who fight the noise of the individuality. Um, and you got guys like Avery Anderson and Caleb Boone and Bryce Thompson and Chris Harris who have been in your program and understand what you're about. And you got guys like Tyree Smith and Musa Sise and Bernie Kuma who, you know, who have varying degrees of how much they play, but all are committed to seeing how good they can be as a group. And that's what excites me the most. I just saw you uh, post a photo. Well, it was on the basketball account, and it was a picture of you with your student managers. And this doesn't get brought up uh, enough. Uh, and I know that someone might be listening to me like, all right, we want to hear about the team. But they're a part of the team, and I'm glad that you took time to take a photo like that. What, what does it mean for a group like that? Because the, the, ta- the caption on that said, Coach, said, we can't talk right now. We're busy till April. Like, they provide so much. They're, they're as much of a foundation of what you're trying to do as anyone in that program. Well, most people don't know this, uh, but everybody involved in basketball understands a high-level college basketball program cannot function without a good group of student managers. And they're kids who just come to the school as as normal students who love basketball. Maybe they were good in high school and and, and weren't recruited. Uh, Maybe their parents were coaches or whatever, and they just want to be around. Maybe they want to be a coach one day, and they want to be around our staff. But they do so much day-to-day to help our program flow uh, whether it be helping organize visits or putting together graphics for uh, recruiting to send out or organizing us for practice, setting up the gym before and after, doing the laundry, running to get lunch when the coaches are stacked in, in, the, in the office most of the day's meeting. I mean, we would have such so much more of a difficult time doing what we do every day without those people that um, I, I try to thank them as often as I can. Head coach Mike Boynton is with us here on the Blitz 1170, uh, coming to you live from River Spirit Casino Resort. You're a guy that's always been honest, and you were uh, pretty upfront and honest about uh, offensive, uh, the offensive presence for you guys last year and heading into this year, and how much that it that it needed to be rejuvenated. Um, so let's let's kind of dive into that a little bit. I mean, I think your quote was, "Our offense needed surgery, and it was major surgery." Um, 
what what are you trying to implement right now? What what is your ultimate vision for this team? And it may be too early to ask that for what you're trying to do offensively. Yeah, I don't know. And again, I mean, the truth is, it's it's on me, right? Yep. As the guy who's in charge of the program, um, I needed surgery in how I thought about offense, uh, how I constructed a roster from a from an offensive um, efficiency standpoint, and, and the way we played. Not that I thought we weren't playing the right way, but it obviously wasn't producing great offensive results. We still had a chance to win, but we put so much pressure on our defense. I mean, I'll I, I, be. I don't even know what to think. If we weren't like a top five defense in the country, what our win-loss record would have been last year because we struggled so much to shoot the ball from the outside and to take care of it. And so as a staff, we had an honest conversation about what our roster needs to look like. Uh, Maybe we don't need as much uh, length uh, and size, and we need more skill. And we tried to address that from a personnel standpoint, Uh, but then we had to address it also from a style of play and putting those guys who can shoot better, guys like John Michael Wright, the transfer from High Point, uh, guys like Caleb Barrisberry, who I mentioned earlier, guys who've been consistent three-point shooters in their careers, uh, and then giving Bryce Thompson and Avery Anderson some more confidence from that area floor, uh, and, and really playing a style that is going to give you more space uh, so that teams can't help off as much and, and, and clog the lane. Uh, but you've got to be able to have guys who can make it so that that's a possibility. And, and we address that. Uh, but the, the core of our offensive philosophy are, are really three things. We want to play fast. Uh, we want to play organized. Uh, and we want to play unselfishly. And, and our kids have really bought into those three things. And, and I hope that's what you see on November 7th when we start. Well, and everyone wants to put a major emphasis, right, on, on the three-point ball, and, and rightfully so with the way that the game has shifted. But you, you can't be – you can't force it, can you? You can't be someone that you're not – and it maybe takes a little while, right, to figure a few things out, and your ultimate test comes when you play against someone else on the seventh. But you can't force things. Your quote was, well, listen, we're not the Warriors. You're not going to be the Warriors. You can't even try to force to be even anything that resembling anything other than you're not. No, I mean, we, we got to be honest. I mean, uh, our, some of our best offense is still going to come from Caleb Boone and Musa Cisse. Uh, Musa is a, a rim runner, an offensive rebounder, and playing a pick and roll as a lob catcher. Uh, and then Caleb Boone with his great footwork. Uh, those two playing together will give us uh, some more inside presence. Uh, and then we got to let Bryce Thompson be who he is, which is a really, really good shooter off the dribble, particularly in the mid-range. Uh, but we also have to address uh, we can't be dead last in the, in the league at three-point shooting. Uh, from, a, from a percentage standpoint, uh, from an, uh, a number of threes shot standpoint, we have to move our way up the rankings if we're going to compete at the top of the league, which is what our hopes are. Uh, with Avery Anderson and then also Bryce uh, that you mentioned, uh, a little bit more responsibility, right, just in front, just in part of the decision-making process than what they have been in the past. Um, how have they have taken to that responsibility so far here early uh, and even through the mental process of it? Yes, yeah, it's, it's been a, a neat transition to watch them. Uh, particularly Avery, because he's been here his, his entire career with us. So we, we've watched his growth. Um, and, and Bryce, I've known what he's been capable of for a long time. Uh, the truth is they're in a the position that most players think they want to be in, which is a guy, you know, being a guy who your, your coaches and your team kind of carry, uh, you know, turn to to carry the load offensively. But, but you have to have the ability to do it, uh, and you have to have the understanding of how to still – uh, play within the system to do so. So 
what we want to make sure we do is give them the freedom and confidence uh, to go out and, and take big shots and make big shots and run our offense uh, through, but also helping them understand that they can't win two on five. They can't win one on five. Uh, they need somebody to screen for them. They, they need to throw the ball inside to loosen up the defense sometimes. Uh, and we got to continue to try to get on the offensive glass and get ourselves to the free throw line. So uh, I'm excited about that because they both have great attitudes. They're very coachable kids. Uh, and like I said, that number one value uh, and what they want to have happen this year is on winning. They, they want to play in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Bryce Thompson hasn't done it yet in his career. And Avery only got a taste of it a couple of years ago one time. So as he winds his career down, he wants to have another run at this thing. Uh, what what have you talked about with Musa this offseason? Uh, what is the next step for him in, when you watch him play and you break him down? So the next step for him is, is to have just more consistency in his performance. Yeah. He had some really, really good moments. Uh, he finished the year, I believe, the last seven games of the year, averaging right at a double-double and shooting about 70%. Um, so he's capable of doing it consistently. But it's a matter of putting it together over 30 games now, right, and not just seven uh, because he had some moments last year where he wasn't as productive. Uh, not that he's going to play great every night, but we need to have many more nights that he, he's close to the top of his game than nights where he isn't. So just consistency. And then from an actual uh, just number standpoint, he's got to continue to improve his free throw percentage because he's going to get fouled a lot by the way he plays. Uh, defensively, last one for you, Coach. It's interesting you talked about how much pressure the offense last year kind of forced you guys to uh, to carry a lot of the weight on the defensive side of the uh, of the ball there. Um, what do you like so far about this group? It, it, you're still going to ask them to do a lot of the same things. It's a, it's a toughness as well that kind of goes in with playing defense on this. Uh, how, do, how does it shape up compared to what some of the other teams, just from a versatility standpoint, on the defensive side of the ball with the other rosters that you've had here at Oklahoma State? Yeah, we, we still have versatility. Uh, we can move guys around. The, the one thing we don't have is we don't have as much length on the perimeter. Uh, when you talk about uh, 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 Isaac Likely, who was with us for four years, he was 6'4", had a 6'9 wingspan. He had huge hands. Um, when you talk about Keelan Boone, Caleb's brother, who was a 6'8 athlete with long arms, um, we don't have that type of length on the perimeter, but we still have the toughness. And what we still have most importantly is the interior presence between Musa, who led the league in blocks, Caleb Boone, who was pretty close to the top, and, and, and uh, Tyree Smith, who kind of an X factor for us, can play both inside positions. We have a really, really good anchor down there in the paint at all times. So that gives us a chance to still be able to make it difficult for other teams to score. Coach, it's been awesome, man. Thanks so much for taking a few moments to come on with us in Tulsa. So you guys are pick fifth today, so you got uh, got a lot of work to go. And, uh, man, it will be here before you know it. You guys will be out there on the court playing some uh, other competition other than uh, just going up against each other in practice, man. We can't thank you enough for always taking a few moments to come on with us here in Tulsa. Well, thanks for having me. And before I get to practice, I'm going to go look up some Bell Burke DeVoe tickets and see if I can get over there. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Let's go, Coach. <laughs> All right. Thanks, All right, man. man. Have a good one. Thanks All a lot. Right, see you. That's uh, Mike Boynton joining us here on the Blitz 1170. Matt, what do you know about Bell Biv DeVoe? You know anything at all? I do not. Okay. All right. <laughs> I didn't think so. I didn't think so either. I just know that you and Coach are extremely excited about it. Yeah. I mean, there's, that would be the prime example of a straight kick in the nostalgia pants. 
I mean, there was a time, Matt, that you could not flip on the radio. You could not at that time flip on any music video channel. I'm trying to think of the other ones outside of uh, MTV. Uh, but even like on Saturday mornings, they would do, it would be like top 10 music videos. And they would, it was like a 30-minute or an hour show. And they would play on Saturday mornings after cartoons. Like, the, here's the top 10 music videos from Billboard. And, I mean, we were on a pretty significant run there where it was, and this is when they got hot, this is late 80s, early 90s, and they were about on the radio about every other damn song. Do I need to get a Bell Biv DeVoe bumper for you and Mike next time he's on? I, I, I mean, there's a there's a couple, right? I mean, there's... There's obviously poison. You've never heard poison? I'm sure I have. Yeah, that you would hear the opening stanza of that, and you'd be like, "Okay, all right, I've heard that." <laughs> now, some of the others, maybe not, maybe not. But I, I would almost be willing to bet that you've heard poison. Like, pull it up during the break, and I guarantee you'll be like, "Okay, I know exactly what you're talking about." Okay. All right, it's one fifty. We'll take a timeout. Thanks to Mike Boyden for joining us here on the Blitz. Always appreciate him. Your home for the Oklahoma State Cowboys is the Blitz 1170. Oh, now I need to check the schedule and find out what time that game is on the 7th. I, it happens to me every year, Matt. We get to about the halfway point in October, and I'm like, ah, damn. I haven't even sent out a basketball schedule yet. Every year. Every single year. All right, uh, we've got a lot more coming up. We're live at River Spirit Casino Resort inside the scoreboard sports bar. Stop by, say hello, and get the exclusive text-to-win code for you right now to potentially win this trip, to go on Thanksgiving, to leave your family behind and say, not this year, suckas, sucka MCs. I'm going to the Dallas Cowboys game. I'm staying at the Gaylord and I'm winning $500 cash. we got to stop by here, get the exclusive code while we're here until 6 o'clock today. Time out. More after this here on the Blitz 1170.